1: series is planned for you. I'm really, really thrilled to introduce the guests that we have coming up. But before I get into that, I do want to mention that the final Rebel Road event are this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you can make it here, let yourself be a part of something that has been an enormous experience. For many people across the country as we complete 66 shows over the 11 months, Uh, an amazing, amazing experience on the Rebel Road. In addition, you can check out both of my books, Conversations with the Universe and Your Journey to Enlightenment." conversations with the universe was just awarded the IPPY award for best mind body spirit book it got the gold so I'm very excited about that and if you have not tapped into it you may find a lot of answers and insight that could support you on your journey in addition 1111 magazine is up and it is freely gifted to everyone so definitely look at that it has some amazing people inside beautiful articles and wonderful support to help you remember your truth you will feel uh, all of the The images and the writing really touch you on many, many levels, so definitely allow yourself that gift of inspiration, and all of the archives are listed there as well. There are so many people that I have on 1111 Talk Radio that I absolutely love, and I I choose people whose work touches me, uh, touches my heart. And then there are a group of people that tend to be those that I feel like just rise above, that really are so authentic and so very much the voice of the heart and the soul and really willing to speak the truths, sometimes the truths that are not always the ones that appear the most marketable or the ones that people want to hear, but are the truths that we need to hear. And so I've done several series this year with those types of people. The first was with Richard Rudd. The next was with Nicholas David. And this third one is with a truly profound teacher, someone that really speaks the voice of the heart and wisdom of the soul and touches so many of the wounds and places that we all need to go in a way that we are able to cherish them and open up to them so that we can also have awakened hearts. My guest today is Shivasti, who is also known as the author of four books under the name of John L. Payne. After almost two decades of working with family constellations and working with thousands of individuals and hundreds of groups, Shivasti has integrated his ancestral healing work, experience of working with the subtle bodies of the auric field and chakras, shamanism, and other approaches to assisting others to realize the truth of their authentic selves. And he has created a new body of work entitled Teachings from an Awakened Heart, which has just been released, and it is truly, truly beautiful. It is an audiobook series, and I have listened to it, and it is truly a wonderful gift to humanity. Shavasti brings to his beat in life-changing spiritual teachings and healing work, a breadth of globally seasoned life experience, rarely encountered. He is a mixed heritage and his dual national identities and his multilingual experience of life, coupled with his thirst for understanding humanity, the nature of faith, nature and that which many have called God, provide you with a guide and a servant who can relate to you no matter what your social, material, national, ethic or religious background. He is the author of four books and has Facilitated workshops on every inhabited continent. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Shivasti to Eleven Eleven Talk Radio. Welcome.
2: Hi. Hello. Good morning. Well, it certainly is morning where I am. Goodness, what an and I was listening to that, thinking, "Oh, is she talking about me." Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that, that's that's um, that, uh, <laughs> that was that well, was quite a lot.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it's. The truth of you, it's what you've come to do. It is your hero's journey, and I think that that's another reason why I really love some of the people that I've chosen for these series is because that's what we're all here for. We are mm-hmm. here to live out that hero's journey, and and we're here to to understand a beauty to life that many people have either not had the privilege of allowing themselves to go deeply into or have not yet awakened to. And so I wanted to bring you on so that you could really help people understand several different components, um, which are the things that you work with. And one is the family constellation work. Another is your very deep insight into what awakening can look like and also the the full expanse that you really share from, which is the Awakened Heart. So the first thing I'd like to start with is really the work that you're, you're very predominantly known for, which is the Family Constellation work. Can you give a broad understanding of, of what that is?
2: Well, in a nutshell, what that, that looks like, we look at the subconscious loyalties and entanglements that exist within family systems. What I discovered, not only through the work, and, and, and I trained, of course, in that work um, back in the, the late 1990s, so it's not as if everything that I do and everything that I've discovered was, um, simply came from within me. Some A lot of it was given to me by teachers. But one of the things I did really begin to see over and over and over and over again with individuals were the hidden loyalties that we have that it's so challenging for us to be happier than our parents if we perceive that our mother's not happily married, if we perceive that our other is not satisfied with his career or is indeed not happily married or indeed came from a challenging background, it's very difficult at times for children to rise up above that. And of course, many say, well, I am financially better off than mum and dad. They grew up in a difficult period. Um, they grew up during the Second World War or they grew up in another period when there were great financial difficulties or they came from a country that had great challenges. They came from a poor background and I'm wealthier. And But I notice with individuals that they allow themselves the financial wealth but they're not the relationship. They might allow themselves the relationship but not the health. And so... It takes a very courageous child to allow themselves to be happier than those who have suffered around them, happier than their own parents. And there's a field of science called epigenetics now and and, and other areas of um, looking at DNA and cellular memory. Science is beginning to also say, yes, the event, that affected our grandparents and great-grandparents the famines they experienced the wars they experienced the traumas that they experienced deep memories that they have do in fact have an impact on us so that really describes what it is that we're working at what it is that we're we're looking at often people struggle with depression or going from failure to failure or' just this something being missing, and very often it's a story that's from the family. That, that's what yeah, we work That's with something
1: there. so powerful that you speak of, and, and I would think that also it's something that many people are not even aware if they're living smaller in their life uh, and, and they're questioning why the outcomes of their lives are not looking a certain way, whether it's money or relationships mm-hmm. or, or even simply being happy. Where does that unconscious tendency begin at, is it, is it just that we take on these energies, or is it truly to try to please those caregivers uh, and, and try to allow them a bit of happiness, and, and we believe that it happens by shrinking ourselves? It's a little bit of both.
3: Actually, it all starts even from conception. Uh, we've got to bear in mind that we, we spend nine months inside our mother's body, and whilst we're in the environment of the womb, we feel everything that she feels, and we also feel everything that's going on in, in the home, in the marriage, etc. And so we are very loyal to those who give us life. In, in that way, they are the God and the Goddess. And so they created us, and so the loyalty to that, to their belief systems, to their suffering, to their political views, to their view of God and their relationship to the world, is very, very powerful for us. And it does indeed take a very courageous child to be happier than their parents. Then there's another experience that we have very often, and I would go as far as to say 100% of the time... Is that when a child is born, already there are images that are present. When a mother or father looks at their baby boy or their baby girl, there's an image, there's an expectation. He will be, she will be. And so very few of us were seen for who we are. We didn't have our essence reflected back to us. And that's a very painful experience to have the feeling so young at the pre-verbal stage, really in our foundational years, that who we are is not what is required. What is required is the fulfillment of some expectation. And whilst we may have very encouraging parents, very positive and loving parents. If there's an image there that and that image is in contradiction to the essence of, of our own being, or if that image is distorted in some way that says, Well, this behavior is better than that behavior very often children are seen to be a problem that needs to be solved rather than than their being Awaiting to see who is going to emerge. So it it starts very young. So and there are different levels of this. There's, There's our foundational piece of how we're welcomed into the world. There's also our personal piece. What is our place in the family? What is our place within the culture in which we grew up in? What is our identity as a human being? And then there's also our transpersonal piece in terms of our relationship to the universe and to God and our perception of ourselves as our soul essence. So there are different ways to answer that question depending on where we are in terms of our own personal growth and development and what the issue might be.
1: And in in the development of us as children with our parents and and even with others that become mentors and parental figures uh, as we go along, are we developing um, corded connections? And if so, how... Do those corded connections then affect us and is it something that needs to be cut or is it simply something that is asking us to be very aware of boundaries and choices and intentions?
3: I personally am not an advocate of um, cutting cords. There are literal cords that come out of the chakras that connect us to other individuals And I do see from time to time on the Internet um, people advertising cord-cutting sessions. And it's not to say that uh, as a healer I have never cut cords. That would not be true for me to, to say that. There are circumstances in which I feel that it is appropriate. One has to ask the question, what is the opportunity of the relationship, even if it's an abusive relationship? What is the learning opportunity? Very often, people um, have come to me and said, "You know, um, um, I'm so angry with my ex-husband. I'm so angry with my ex-fiance. Um, he was abusive, and/or I didn't like her. She ran off with my money, and I just want to cut the cords." Well, the deeper question is: Well, at one point, you you loved that person. So, what happened to the love? And so I'm not an advocate of cutting cords, but I am an advocate of is being conscious of the deeper meaning of the relationship, I'm not trying to figure out, well, why did God put us together, but what was it about me that allowed myself to stay in this relationship? So that's one aspect when we talk about intimate relationships. But there are other cords that we have. For example, very surprisingly for some people, let's say that your mother was deeply in love with another man before she met your father. And for some reason, they couldn't be together, either for social reasons, or perhaps he went off to some war, or perhaps the relationship simply ended. Very often, the children on a subconscious level can feel the presence of this first man and not be able to see their own father clearly because the mother's heart is with the other person. And so it's difficult for them to even feel who is actually my father. They might even question whether or not their biological father is their father, and this is all on a subconscious level, and be loyal to their mother's great love. It's bizarre, but I have seen it many, many times, many, many times. And so when that comes to conscious awareness, it gives us an opportunity to learn about the deep loyalties and existence that we have once we've fallen in love. And actually it teaches us that love never goes away, and it behooves us then to transform it and to grow with it, as opposed to denying it, its existence.
1: My guest today is Srebosti, and he was formerly known as John Payne and published the books The Healings of Individuals, Families, and Nations, Transgenerational Healing and Family Constellations, Book one. In addition, he also published The Presence of the Soul, Transforming Your Life Through Soul Awareness. He has recently released an audiobook series under the name Shavasti that is entitled Teachings from an Awakened Heart. In this audio presentation, you will be taken on a journey to initially share in Shavasti's personal story of tragedy and other events that transform both his work and the core of his being. In addition to that account, He invites you to consider, experience, ponder, and feel who you are on multiple levels of your being as he weaves almost two decades of a journey as a professional healer, author, and seeker of truth together in a tapestry of profound teachings that will change the way you experience yourself and see your place in the world. The, The titles of some of the chapters have to do with grace and the loss of the heart, separation and healing relationships, opening the heart, being devoted to the heart, going to death and back. You can find out more about teachings from an awakened heart, embracing the power of truth at his website, shavasti.com, S-H-A-V-A-S-T-I.com. We'll be right back with Shavasti.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-sing@com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh.
1: Dr. my guest today, says that the wisdom is the voice of the heart, love is the expression of the heart, beauty is the manifestation of the heart. This is an individual who has lived the hero's journey and is now spreading his work in the world in the most beautiful of ways. And what you do realize when you hear him speak or watch any of his videos, which are on YouTube, which are really, truly profound teachings, you will find that your own heart is touched and opened, and you'll be drawn in for more. I invite you to visit... Shavasti.com and find out more about his amazing work in addition to his new release, which is Teachings of an Awakened Heart, an audiobook series that will help lead you through the different challenges in your life into the ways to touch your own heart, to open it, and to allow it to come forward to truly live your own hero's journey. Shavasti, as we get back, you know, everyone seems to think that awakening. Can be, is, is, is more likely this moment of huge aha, blissful experience. Um, you're transported into the ethers, or some mystical happening takes place. And I often find that not only do we misinterpret regular life, we misinterpret uh, our, our dreams of what we think are supposed to happen as well. In your case, did you talk about what awakening looks like and so that people can understand how it more often shows up for us rather than some of the most mystical encounters that, that people kind of dream of in their minds? Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I
3: used to be one of them. <laughs> I used to think <laughs> that awakening was having a major aha movement and moment and then um, being aware of some angelic presence or something like that. And so there are some awakening experiences when we pierce the the veil of illusion and and look into a different reality that can be like that. And of course, I can't talk um, with absolute authority about the entire process of awakening because I'm still in the middle of it. So I don't know what the next stage is. But one of the greatest images and illusions that we have that somehow that awakening is the end of all suffering, and it isn't. What I've noticed is that as human beings, we tend to choose long-term suffering in favor of short-term pain. And what awakening does is highlight where we're stuck in long-term suffering when we make choices that are based upon the lies that we tell ourselves and have told ourselves. The lie that we are bad, the lie that we are ugly, the lie that we are unwanted or alone, and all of those experiences from a childhood point of view could be very true. We might have actually heard from our parents that we weren't wanted or that we're ugly or that we're stupid or etc. And so the awakening process is really about facing the ugliest of truths. Those things that we've told ourselves, what I often say to people is that the greatest shameful secret is shame itself. It's not the thing that we're afraid that people might know about us. The shameful secret is rarely something that we've done, but the shameful secret is actually shame itself. And that is part of the human condition of holding shame, and the shame response is is there when we're very young children, when we're not responded to in terms of being brought into our parents' hearts in terms of being responded to for the light that we are rather than according to an image. So awakening is really encountering very inconvenient truths. It's about encountering... I think so
1: many people are in the denial of so much of what they've experienced or at least in the denial of the full experience of emotion from many, many of their experiences, whether it was miscarriages or divorces or traumatic events like being in, in a tragedy of war or a bombing or a shooting or losing a child, any of the types of things where we really are to Almost die into the emotion and allow ourselves to be, to succumb to that very grief that wants to take over us. Instead, we find ways to hide from it or put a band aid over it or get busy in doing something else. Absolutely. How is the um, disease of denial actually creating increased chaos in the world and increased? suffering. And
3: uh, exactly, and and we're on the same page here. As I said before, um, what we choose is long-term suffering in favor or in favor over short-term pain. Our ability to love Our ability to love, our ability to live from an awakened heart is equal to our willingness to have our heart broken. Everyone's chasing angels. Everyone's chasing the light. And we don't become enlightened through chasing the light. We we become enlightened through being being willing to tell the absolute truth. And so our ability to love is absolutely measured by our willingness not only to tell the absolute truth, but to have our hearts broken, to really... Feel what it is to be a human being. When we go and sit in our upper chakras, as as many of us do, and I'm talking from personal experience here, so everything I'm talking about is not something that I have never done. I've done them over and over and over and over again and and learned the hard way. When we try and live in the light through avoidance of what isn't light inside us, we then start becoming blind to whoever's in front of us. Mm. And, and so even positive thinking can become an abusive statement. Oh, no, 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 it'll get better, it'll be fine. Rather than actually connecting with who's there. I'm not suggesting that we support everybody in their stories of misery, but to ignore something that's actually there is not useful because it comes from our own avoidance. Our own inability to look through the eyes of compassion with someone else has got everything to do with avoiding our own pain rather than holding a higher vision of the other person. So we tell ourselves an awful lot of lies in this process.
1: So we run the risk of positive thinking, positive affirmations, or just deciding we're going to believe a different thought. The risk that we run is we are denying any emotion, numbing the pain. The same type of escapism that we use, whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex or shopping or eating, it's the Uh same type of escapism where the unconscious is eventually going to come back up because it cannot be sustained unless we've done the work underneath.
3: Absolutely, absolutely spot on. And so positive thinking, meditation, yoga, um, reading, self-help books, uh, which are all good things. Everything is good. Our chocolate's good, but not if you eat three kilos of it per day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything in its correct proportion. And so I'm not speaking against um the light. I'm not speaking against having a longing to discover the truth of who we are. Of course not. I'm, I'm a spiritual teacher, but, but what I'm talking about is being real and being willing to tell the absolute truth of something. And the absolute truth is... Giving an example, let's say you meet someone, you fall in love, and they turn out to be a wife-beater or abusive. What we tend to do is, is cut that person out of our lives, and of course that's very understandable, and you need to be safe. But what a lot of people don't want to entertain is the idea that the love still exists between you and the other person. It didn't actually go anywhere. And so when we encounter that, when we meet the truth of the love that still exists, that's when forgiveness takes place and not before. And there's this false notion that somehow if we acknowledge the love, that means that we are um, back in relationship with the person in terms of going off and having dinner with them. No, it has nothing to do with that at all. It's about saving ourselves from denying a part of our own heart, because the more of it that we have to deny, the more relationships we have to deny, that we have to deny the, the love that we had for the uncle who sexually abused us, for example, or um, the person that hit us, or the person who betrayed us. If we have to deny all of that love that exists, and I use that in the present tense, then that's another section of the heart that needs to be closed off. And then we go out and we seek enlightenment or an awakened heart, when there are so many avenues and doorways within the heart that are permanently shut. And so when we open that, then we face the pain of loss. I loved him. I loved her. I loved him so much, and yet he did that to me. And that's what happens but instead we choose to say, no, no they're a bad person, I, I cut them out. And it really has got nothing to do with them. It's really none of their business. They mm. them, they've gone and moved on. It's about us. It's about us. What happened to that part of my heart? And it's the pain of the betrayal that we are avoiding. And so we end up with a closed heart. So the, the heart needs to be broken open in reality, it's not really a breaking open of the heart. It is releasing our very tight grip on it. We're the ones that keep the door closed. And so this is an ongoing process.
1: Well, and it's, I think a lot of people feel like what's going to happen if they face those feelings is they'll just die. But if I have to really look at the pain in my life, the pain in my heart, the things that have happened to me, I'm just going to fall to the ground and die this moment. But in fact, Good. we're dying if we don't face it.
3: Good. Then the, then the real question is, what dies? What dies? What dies? What dies is the story, what dies is the lie, what dies is the false structure that you've given your life, what dies is the the story you've been telling yourself, what dies is your defense, what dies is the image that you've been living from, and what really comes alive is the truth of who you are. What really comes alive, and in this process, I have died many times, many times, and there have been a couple of times I thought that that death would be really literal, where the pain was so deep, I didn't think I was going to recover from it. And so, that's a deeper question. What dies? And who
1: dies? And this can be bit by bit. My guest today is Shivasti and he brings his deep and life-changing spiritual teachings and healing work, a breadth of globally seasoned life experience rarely encountered. He is of mixed heritage, and his dual non national identities and his multilingual experience of life, coupled with his thirst for understanding humanity, the nature of faith, nature, and that which many have called God, provides you with a guide and a servant who can relate to you no matter your social, material, national, ethnic, or religious background. He speaks to the heart, he speaks to the soul, and he speaks to your pain. He is an author of four books and has facilitated workshops on every inhabited continent. He can... uh, he can definitely be reached to be invited for workshop speaking engagements, whether it is for groups or also individual sessions. You can find out more information at his website, shavaspi.com. That's S-H-A-V-A-S-T-I dot com. And definitely, while you're there, uh, definitely look at his new release. Teachings from an Awakened Heart, an audiobook series that is truly profound. If you're ready to heal, if you're ready to open, if you're ready to awaken your heart, then that would be something to have in your audio library. Teachings from an Awakened Heart by Shabasti. We'll be right back.
0: Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-sing@.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh.
1: Shavasti's childhood and indeed his entire life has been characterized by life with different spoken languages, maturing with diverse cultures across the entire globe, having lived on every continent from birth onward until today. Also known as the author John L. Payne, he's the author of four books published through Finehorn Press and has facilitated workshops on every inhabited continent. He is... Uh, Working with him, you will enter a journey with a very seasoned healer who offers a depth of vision coupled with the deep compassion that you'll be able to access the better parts of yourself that you may have forgotten you possess. His training background includes, but is not limited to, Family Constellations, Bioenergetics, NLP, Barbara Brennan School of Healing, Shamanism, and many others. His own personal journey has included an early childhood in Asia, Europe, and Australia, experiencing what it was like to feel very different as the psychic mixed-heritage child trying to find his place in the world with the backdrop of violence, emotional, sexual, and religious abuse. His journey into healing has been combined with a thirst of knowledge and direct experience. It is with this volume of direct experience that he offers you his hand and invites you to walk with him for a while on your very own sacred discovery of deeper layers of yourself, devoid of masks and pretenses, to find the real and authentic you. His new release is Teachings from an Awakened Heart. It is an audio book series, and you will be taken on a journey. That really allows you to not only understand his own story, but helps bring you to new understandings and experiences of forgiveness, awakening, hidden loyalties, and new opportunities for personal peace. While with this audio journey, you'll be invited to step inside the deeper questions of your being your longing, and the deeper truths of who you are and what you really want. That is Teachings from an Awakened Heart, Embracing the Power of Truth. And you can find out about that, his videos, and more at his website, shabasti.com, S-H-A-B-A-S-T-I.com. Welcome back, Shavasti. I really enjoyed listening to Teachings from an Awakened Heart, and it is filled with so much wisdom and truly begins with a profound story of your own and... Rather than give away that story um, right now, I wanted to bring up one point that you, you discussed uh, in that particular um, story. And it had to do with, with the betrayal of love, being, being how hatred births in the world, that, that hatred really is that betrayal of love. And we often think it is the betrayal of, of love from another but the initial betrayal of love, it seems, is not even uh, of our parents, but in actuality, it seems as if it is betrayal of ourselves in believing the things that are not our truth. Can you speak a little bit to that idea of how we have bought into defeat and hatred in the world through that betrayal of love?
3: Yes. Um, gosh, I and... Mean just really talking about that betrayal. I could fill hours or or days of a workshop just taking people on the journey into that. What we experience when we look at very young children and young babies, I'm sure that we've all had the experience of Being the presence Mm -hmm. of a young baby that's gurgling and smiling and how they can Mm -hmm. literally light up an entire room. That is the nature of who we are. The nature of who we are is to live from the heart. And we come into this traumatized, harsh world and we have a reaction to that. We so long to love. Very often, we tell ourselves that what we really want, what we really long for, is to find that one special person who's going to love us. So there's this hunt for a soulmate, perhaps, but really our deepest longing is to be free to love. And yet we learn from a very young age, from the society that we're raised in, from the culture that we're, that we're raised in, from the family that we're raised in. So that's not a good thing. And we also have a religious background, particularly if we're raised in Christianity, and, and other religions have aspects of, aspects of this too. But on the one hand, we have these impossible images that we have to live up to, The Virgin Mary is one of them, to be a mother and a virgin, to be the perfect woman, and to be a mother. And so there is a conflict there as well. And then other aspects of our religion tell us that bad people need to be punished, but we have to be loving and forgiving. And so all of these contradictions that we live with tell us that there's something wrong, there's something wrong with me. I need a savior. I need a guru. I need a God. I need a particular type of karma. I I need something in order to make me good. And so all of that imagery that we've received... And so we receive the imagery from our parents, from schools, from our religion, from society in general, that tells us that this thing over here, this image that I have, be that a career image or a gender image or a sexual orientation image or a religious image or a cultural image or an image of what a woman is or a man is, what type of body is good, I'm told that these images, if I if I have these images, if I fit these images, then I'm good. The converse to that is well then I must be bad. There's mm. something wrong with me. If if I don't have that if I if I don't have that, if I'm not born into the right um, Uh, social caste, let's say, in in India and some other Asian countries, if I'm not born into the right ethnicity within the United States or Western Europe, if if I'm not born into the right religion, if I'm not born in the right state, if I'm not born to the right parents, what if I'm born to a single mother? I'm bad because I don't have a father. Or... There are so many other things that we're told directly and indirectly. Most of it's indirectly, but when you really look at it, we're actually being told it directly. We're being told that you've got that, then you're bad, and that you need to chase this. And so so many of us, we spend our whole lives chasing something whether it's the perfect body, the perfect career, the perfect income, the perfect hair, the perfect marriage, um, the perfect religion, because we're in avoidance of the deep lie that we've been told, that's been imposed upon us, that says that we are inherently bad and we need something in order to make us good. That we're born as children, not to be encouraged, but to be moulded and disciplined, cajoled and corrected. That's the kind of culture that many of us have been born into, and it's across the planet. It's not just uh, within the context of Western culture. It looks different from culture to culture, but it basically boils down to the same thing. And so, Shabasti, when you're talking
1: about when you're talking about all of that, and and us calling ourselves bad because of all of these different things, whether it is being born to a single mother or because we're not living up to a certain uh, standard in a certain Mm -hmm. culture, it seems as if that has been creating a society of homogenized humans. And so we almost become so ordinary, both in our averageness and in our suffering, as we do in our greatness, which we can't reach. Where is the unique genius in all that? How, then, does someone crack open that homogenization so that they can find the truth that really lets each one of us shine our light individually? Well, the first
3: invitation there, and thank you for reading... um taking me deeper into this by asking a very good question, an important question. The invitation there is to face the self-hatred. And that's something that's difficult and most people don't want to do. In order to resolve that, because so many people have woken up to that. They are waking up to that. Oh, my goodness. Look what I've been taught about myself. This is not true. But what happens is they then go and chase another image something else, and whatever they call that. And really, the invitation is stop, breathe, and realize the levels of self-hatred and meet it. Meet it for what it is, and that can't be done in the mind. That can only be done through the feeling body. And as you said earlier, some people would say, well, I might die. And I'd say, good, good, and then die. And I don't Mr. mean physically.
1: Many, many people would say, I don't have time to stop right now and feel all of that. That would stop me from everything. I don't have a place to just really let myself express all of that. What, what can you say to perhaps urge listeners to really go to that place for the, the true love of themselves? Well, it's a
3: process that's bit by bit, and it starts by telling the truth. It starts by telling the truth bit by bit. Very few of us are prepared to tell the absolute truth all at once, because that's really quite difficult, because we've constructed lives that are based on hiding the shame, hiding the self-hatred, and living some lives. And so it's very difficult for people who've got very busy lives. They're, You know, they're mums, they, they've got careers, um, they're dads, um, mm. they're very busy in their lives, and, and people in Western culture have got less and less personal time for themselves because they're so busy working and, and paying for everything, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. And so it's bit by bit, each day, to to tell yourself more of the truth. And, of course, you can do that with the assistance of other people. So that's what we're here for. Um, that's, it's the service that I provide. It's a service that you provide. And so in community and in communion, we can support one another to live in greater truth, not by dictating something to someone and creating another dogma, but it's about taking time each day, maybe 10 minutes. I very often advise my very busy clients, when you get home from work, tell your children that between 5 o'clock and 10 past 5, so only 10 minutes, is mummy time or daddy time, and go to your favorite corner in the house and just sit there with yourself. With yourself, And bit by bit, tell yourself the absolute truth. Calm the mind, use breath. There are lots of different methods and techniques out there for it. Yes, a lot of people cannot put their life on hold and go and sit with a sadhu in India in a cave um, and um, let it all come up at once. So that's not the path for many, many people at all.
1: It seems that our capacity so bit bit. to meet... Feel and feel human suffering is so low that we must either tell others to look on the bright side with little or no regard for their true feelings, or use positive thinking to such a degree in our own lives that we're simply creating another false persona that lives on the other side of a split from our deeper feelings—feelings of anger, loneliness, self-loathing, self-hatred, and worthlessness. We berate ourselves and one another with statements like "Believe in yourself," "Focus on the positive," "Try harder." All all, what that does is make us blind to not only the very people we think we're trying to help, but also blind to our own path. This is from one of Shavasti's blogs, and I urge you to go to his website and sign up for his newsletter so that you can receive so many of his beautiful writings, as well as tap into the videos on his YouTube channel and many of his other works. You can contact Shavasti for personal work or setting up group work and speaking engagements and conferences with him. Find out more at shavasti.com. This is truly a real and authentic individual that provides you a real glimpse into the story that you have believed yourself to be and the opportunity to awaken to a heart that knows the truth. Allow yourself to access all that you can from this amazing, amazing man, shavasti.com. This is the first in three shows that are of a series, so definitely take part to listen to each and every one as we go deeper and deeper into the longing so that we may feel our true belonging. Thank you, Shabaski, for being on tonight. I look forward to the next two episodes, and I look forward to really taking people more deeply into the work that you offer the planet in such a beautiful way. In love, of love, in love, and as love, this is Simran Singh. Be well.